0: It truly is a great blessing to have you with me again as we initiate our third session regarding the amazing love of God. Beloved, I believe that this is so close to the heart of God. You know, so often we're trying to receive from God, but we need to receive from the roots. We need to receive from the roots. I, I, I tell you, the fruit comes from the root. And the root of everything, according to Ephesians 3, 14 to 20, is the root of God's love. The more you enter in to the love of God, the amazing love of God, I, I mean, just the amazing, amazing love of God, that's going to be a key to your faith. You see, say, I'm trying to enter into faith. I'm trying to get faith. I'm trying. First of all, you shouldn't try to get faith. You need to see you already have faith. Praise God, according to Romans 12, 3, you have the measure of faith and you're born again spirit. And it's cultivated by the word of God. Hallelujah. But, you, you, you know, if you're trying to get faith, you're trying to get uh, the ability to forgive somebody, you're trying to get close to God. You see... The key isn't trying to get this and get that. The key is entering into the love of God because intrinsic to the revelation of the love of God is faith, is the ability to forgive, is the ability to get close to God. So I, I want to let you know that, I, I tell you, you're at the right place at the right time as we're entering in. Glory to God, to the amazing love of God. In our first session, it was foundational. We looked at 1 Corinthians 13. We, we looked at the dynamics of love. We, we looked at the principle of love in 1 John 4, 8, that God is loved. And in 1 John 3, where we, we love God because he first loved us. You know, his love is the action of Glory to God. Our faith, our consecration is a reaction to his love. Glory to God. Then in in the second uh, session, we entered into some strong things, perhaps things you may never have heard. You know, in the context of the prophets, we looked at Isaiah, Jeremiah, we looked at Hosea, and uh, really spent a lot of time on the book of Hosea. And and I tell you what, that is just an amazing teaching that needs to be taught so much more in the body of Christ. And, And we looked at the needs of God. And uh, we looked at the need for you to not be lukewarm, to to be hot. God says, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Not in the context of legalism, but in the context of relationship. God died. Not not that you just, uh, he's not an insurance policy. Uh, He's not uh, a medical plan. He is the love of your life. He he is my, he's all about relationship. And uh, it's not a game. It is not a game. Jesus, I, I believe with all of my heart, he, he, he is hungering and thirsting. Uh, the reason he died is to have people that would say, I love you more than anything else, more than anyone else. Because you're not going to, if you love something else more than God, you're an idolater. If you love someone else more than God, you're an adulterer. And the Bible says, you know, adulterers and idolaters are not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven, meaning this. Now, you don't have to be perfect to go to heaven. It's by grace. But I'm going to tell you this. Grace is not a game. The Bible says this. Jesus Christ has a need for real relationship not for just somebody that's half committed to him. Again, you could never, ever live with somebody that uh, was half committed to your spouse. She's committing adultery. He's committing adultery on the side. Uh, My wife and I were in counseling a while ago, and and, and a man who was a a truck driver, uh, he admitted to uh, being in adultery several times a week, and he told his wife right at the counseling session, take me as I am. And she was somebody that loved the Lord and and, and she looked at my wife and I and, and said, you know, well, you know, should I just, you know, take him as he is? And I, 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 I told my wife, you go talk to her in another room and I talked to this man and I said, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Isn't it amazing? If she got, went out on you, you'd throw her out in a minute. But how, why would you expect a woman to stay married to somebody? That is an adulterer. That it, that it doesn't, you gotta be kidding me. I, I mean, that's righteousness. And she said, You know, I, I can't live like this. I, I mean, it, you've chosen to go your own way. I, I, and the Bible says, Let him go. Yeah, you fight for your marriage. But if someone makes a decision to be a whore, if someone makes a decision and says, I'm not coming out of whoredom, I'm gonna tell you something. I've seen more kids. With parents trying to hold on to a, a man that's a whore, and a man's a whore, that's a, like this man was, or a woman, and they don't, and what they don't want a relationship with, with their mother more, and then then the children get destroyed because they don't understand what relationship is. I wasn't planning on saying all this, but but you need to understand, Jesus Christ is not some. Something on a dashboard that, that you look at. Jesus Christ isn't a set of rules. Jesus Christ isn't going to church. Jesus Christ, he is the love of your life, or he isn't. Now, you can grow in your love. You're going to mess up at times, but I'm going to tell you this. If you think that you can have other gods, if you really think that, man, you can, that Jesus Christ is a game. And you can have your cake and eat it too. I'm here to tell you something. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you think it is, you're deceived. I'm not talking about a gospel that where you're saved by works. But I'm telling about a gospel that when you make a commitment to Jesus, it needs to be a real commitment. And the devil's going to do everything he can to take you out of that commitment. Someone says salvation is a gift. Salvation is a gift. But you know what? You enter into whoredom and you can give that gift back. Some people don't like hearing that. Bible talks about in the book of Jude about being twice dead. The apostle Paul said those who were teachers, those who were preachers, now they're twice dead. And they're bringing you into the whoredoms they entered into. How do you get twice dead? Man, you're dead in your sins. You're, then you're delivered from that death. How do you get twice dead? There's only one way to get twice dead, and that's to get dead again. If you think Jesus Christ s- submits somehow who he is to you and what you think and then these doctrines in the church that do everything except t- talk about a real relationship with Jesus. Wow. Wow. Whew. Jesus. I'm in court a, a lot. Fighting for little kids who've been sexually abused. And the one thing, I, I'll tell you what, i I'll fight for. When someone says, yeah, you know, they try to say they didn't or even they say they did. Yeah, I, I did this to my child. Or, I, I, you know, I did this, I did this. But you know what? They try to minimize it. Whew the world minimizes sin and what's in the world gets in the church and the church is now minimizing sin because we really don't understand what the gospel really is. Oh, it's a gospel of grace but it's also a gospel of immersion. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. That has nothing to do with water. It has everything to do with real relationships. Most of the time when you say the word baptized in the Bible has nothing to do with water. You know, you, you should be baptized in water. But in Mark chapter 16, when it says he who is glory to God, who believes on me and is immersed. Is saved. You can be baptized 50 times, dunked 50 times. That, not, that doesn't mean you're immersed in Jesus. It's talking about being immersed, man. The devil believes. He who believes and is immersed in Jesus. Yeah, he'll be saved. Man, Jesus said, can you be baptized with the baptism which I will be baptized with? Not talking about being dunked three times. Talking about entering into a place of immersion of death because of your love for God. How many people, in all honesty, are immersed in Jesus Christ, where he's their life? He is their husband. He is their God. He is the Father. He is their comforter. He is their best friend. He is the love of their lives. I can look at my wife, and I say, you know what? You're the love of my life. I don't have any other woman that I think about. I don't have any other thing I'd rather do than be with you. I look at my kids. My wife's not perfect. I'm sure not perfect. My kids aren't perfect. My grandkids. But I could look at them and say, I'm immersed in relationship with them. I would die for them. I would die for them. Just like i die for my wife. And i die for Jesus. But here's the deal. Do we die for him daily? The apostle Paul said, will you die daily for him? Jesus said this. Will you die for me daily? To the point that you love me. Why? I wasn't planning on saying any of this. But God is so tired. I believe Jesus is so tired of lukewarmness. Where people say it doesn't matter. I really don't believe. That Jesus. Jesus is going to have relationship with somebody for eternity. That really doesn't love him. That really doesn't love him. With all their heart. You could struggle and love him with all your heart. But you know in your heart. Whether he's a love of you or not, do you love him with everything? Is he your everything? All right. If he's not your everything, you need to understand. This is quit playing games right now. There's somebody watching right now by video, listening by say, and you're saying, "Man, you're talking to me." You're talking to me. I'm a preacher, but Jesus isn't the love of my life. I'm an elder in a church, but Jesus is not the love of my life. Pornography is the love of my life. Position is the love of my life. Uh, You know, this is the love of my life, not Jesus. I will surely wouldn't die for him. And the last thing I do every day is die to myself. If that's you, just say right now, right now. Just say Jesus. Jesus. For real. I want you to, be my Lord and Savior for real. Come into my life for real. I want to be immersed in you. Cause real relationship right now to come forth. I give myself to you fully in Jesus' name. I wasn't on plan on doing that. But but some of you, I'll be honest with you, you, need to make recommitments to your wives, to your to your husbands, to your children, to your, to your parents. Man, you long life is those who honor their mothers and fathers. Some of you haven't talked to your mom and dad. You're listening to this. I'm not here to play church. Man, you're saying I want more Jesus, but you haven't talked to your mom and dad for years. Because they did this or they did that. You want to break your spirit? You want God to break through in your life? Maybe you need to break what holds you back from forgiving them and enter into relationship and honoring them. All right. None of that was, believe me, none of that was scripted. All right. Need for wholeness. Need for wholeness. In our next session, the Lord just prompted me to do something. I... I'm going to show you something, that uh, a visual that you'll never forget. Uh, Amen. Amen. All right. In the context of real relationship and commitment. All right. We're talking about the need for wholeness. I'll be real honest with you. I'm getting gut level with you in this series because it's the heart of God. It's the heart of God. We know You know, the thing I think that's going to that messes people up more than anything else is when you say, I know, and you do, but you don't know enough. It's not just saying I know. It's saying I know that I know that I know. Man, when the enemy tries to come against you, whether it's the fear of cancer, maybe, maybe you're fighting cancer right now. We work with people every day that are fighting cancer with very good results. Uh, Maybe it's, you know, my kids, uh, you know, there's a fear of them being harmed. Maybe it's a fear of just uh, being overcome by the devil, by familiar sin. Uh, Getting an accident, it could be a thousand things. See, it's one thing to know, to say, I know that God loves me. But it's another thing to say, I know that I know that I know that because he loves me in such an amazing way, I'm not going to be harmed. I'm going to be healed unequivocally. I'm going to enter into such intimacy with God. it It just is virtually unfathomable to the natural mind. Glory to God. God wants to take you from knowing to knowing that you know. To knowing that you know that you know. Glory to Jesus. All right. And he's going to do that in the next 53 minutes. He's going to do it. Glory to God. All right. Let's look at some of the variables. That cause God that have a profound need. For you to be whole. For, again. Uh, the word salvation. Most of you know this. Comes from the Greek word sozo. S-O-Z-O. And. It means to be have eternal life. It means to have koinonia with God. It means to have a born-again spirit. It means to be safe from harm. It means to be physically blessed. It means to be financially blessed. It means to enter in most importantly to the fruits of the spirit, Galatians chapter 5. It means to be a soul winner. It means to have the desires of your heart fulfilled. I mean, it means to be blessed in every way that there is. Man, look at Deuteronomy 28. You're the head, not the tail. You have the favor of God. And it means to be exempt from the curse that's intrinsic to Deuteronomy 28. That's listed there, I mean, in a very concrete fashion. We looked at this in 2 Chronicles 20. The Bible says emphatically, that evil is the sword just being a victim because you don't know of your authority in Christ. Evil is sickness. Evil is financial lack. And evil is entering in to a religious spirit, the spirit of condemnation, where you receive the judgment of God when the mercy of God is to negate the judgment of God. That's evil in the sight of God. Now, it's not all-inclusive, but it certainly is very powerful. I mean, Luke Luke 21, 34, evil is worry. Evil, obviously, is the deeds of the flesh listed uh, in Galatians 5, and righteousness is what comes after it, And in Galatians 5, 16 to to 22. All right. So, God wants us to understand that uh, there's three main variables that cause Meant him to just you to enter into knowing that there's wholeness for you. And, and honestly, uh, really that really I'd say there's two main variables because power of, the third is power, I was going to say, but really it's a, a fruit of the first two. The first one is righteousness. God is so righteous. The Bible says in 3 John 2, God desires above all things that you prosper. And you're in health even as your soul prospers. God says in John, uh, in, in several places in John 14, 15, 16, and 17, that you're ordained under producing much fruit. You see, righteousness is simply what's right in the sight of God. A lot of times, even in the church, we want to jump on the bandwagon in the world and say, you know what? That used to be sin, but it's not sin anymore. No, sin is sin. Sin is sin. God wants you to understand that he's, he's, he's not changed. Glory to God. God is so righteous. God is so righteous. If we could only stand, understand see, his righteousness and his holiness are, are the same are synonymous. God is so righteous. I I mean, He, he He is sexual purity. He is forgiveness. He is humility. He is goodness. Wow. He's love. And God wants you to understand that when you love somebody, when you love somebody, you have to have the righteousness within your spirit manifest to their lives. See, when you love somebody, you have to have whatever good is in you be in the person that you love. I mean, that sounds simple, doesn't it? But it's the key to love. I want to say that again. We're concentrating uh, in this session on the context of God's need for wholeness. And we're going to touch upon the principle of oneness, but then we're going to dedicate a a whole session to it. Glory to God In, in session five. Listen to me. You're made in a way that even if you're not a Christian, there's something in you It's God-given that says, you know what? I I want my children to be blessed. You see, God is so righteous. And He's equally loving to the point where He ever lives to bless you, to manifest His glory to you. Go with me to John 17, 26. It seems whatever I preach on, teach on, I end up here. But it's one of the most amazing verses that is in the Word of God. It is that which Jesus concludes his high priestly prayer with. John 14 to 17 were one discourse. But John 17, 1 to 5, Jesus prays in the context of the prayer of glorification for himself. And then John 17, 6 to 26, as that which is the high priestly prayer of Jesus. And it concludes with this verse. This is the last thing that that Jesus prayed for the church. This is the last thing he prayed for you. This is the last thing he said. I'll never forget when my dad went to be with the Lord. And I I was there before, uh, you know, his, he gave up his spirit. His spirit left his body, and it was amazing. I, I, through the discerning of spirits, I literally saw in the spirit realm, his spirit leave his body. It was, it was escorted into heaven by angelic hosts. It, it was very, very glorious. But you know, when someone is uttering their last words, they're going to share with you what they want you to remember most. And this is, these are the last words of Jesus. I remember the last words of my dad. He said, son, they said you'd never be born. Because you see, my mom had uh, acute spinal bifida. And uh, I-, I talked to people from uh, the Spinal Bifida Association. And my daughter worked a summer for them. My one daughter. And they said, you know, we don't know of anybody that's ever been able to carry the term like she carried, because the pressure, your spine, it, first, it's, it's about destroyed anyways. And, uh, and of course, the pressure on you would just cause your spine just to break can break in pieces. Unfortunately, my mother had 17 back operations. She was actually featured on the front page of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette in the sense of... Uh, experimental operations in those days they thought spinal bifida could be cured of course it couldn't be dr marshall one of the premier doctors in his field worldwide just you know he did these surgeries but he said you know what they said you'd never be born but your mother made a decision to carry you to term it cost her a lot of pain and he said this he said you know he shared some intimate things with me and i he said, I believe God has destiny for you. He had just accepted Jesus with me, not that long prior. And it was an amazing time. But here's, what, here's the last words of Jesus to you, to the church. He says this. Here's his prayer for you, his last words. He says, O righteous Father. We're talking, we talked about righteousness, right? I want to start with verse 25, then hit verse 26. The world has not known thee, but I've known thee, and these have known thee. That you have sent me. And now here's what I want you to see most. He says, and I have declared unto them thy name. He's talking about his ministry. The ministry of Jesus was to manifest the name, was to reveal the name and confirm it. To reveal the goodness of the Father. Most people back in those days they didn't have any idea uh, the character of God. Man, they were in a system of religiosity. They thought people born blind were cursed. They thought people that were rich that lived really in immorality were blessed. They didn't know the heart of God. Demons were running the show. Man, when Jesus cast out demons, they said, that's amazing. Even the demons, you know, obey him. Jesus, his ministry was to, was to do good. To heal all that were oppressed to the, the devil. So he says, I, I have declared unto them thy name. That word declaration means to manifest the name. I've declared unto them thy name. And here's what he says. And I will declare it. After I shed my blood, after I rise, I will continue to declare my name. How's he declared the name? Through fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, through, through, through right now through me ministering the word to you. How's he declare the name when you get in the word of God yourself and he reveals the goodness uh, through the word of God to you? He's the he, glory to God. And you enter into it, grab a hold of it uh, and to where you commit your faith with it under manifestation. That's him declaring his name. He said, and I would not, I will declare my name. But here's what he says, because of this, here's the root. Here's the root reason I'm going to, I've declared the name. Here's the root reason I'm going to manifest my name. If you get this, it'll change your life forever. I have declared unto them thy name and will declare to them. Now it's talking about to those who will believe because if you read up in John 17, uh, 21, it says that this prayer is for all those who will believe in Jesus Christ. That includes you. I will clear, declare unto them thy name. Now listen to this. That the love, we're talking about the amazing love of God. It doesn't get more amazing than this. That the love wherewith thou hast loved me May be in them and I in them. Jesus. In them. And really, that word in them, I in them, my love in them is a derivative of the word of immersion that we talked about. That they might be immersed in my love. That I, I glory to God. Listen to me. The last words of Jesus. The heart cry of Jesus, the reason he went to the cross, is so you may be loved by the Father like he was loved. That, that, that's Christianity in a nutshell. That, that synoptically, that is Christianity. Through the blood, by grace, and mercy. Jesus. 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 Jesus ever lives. This to be the hallmark verse of your life. Listen to me. How much was Jesus loved by the Father when he walked the earth 2,000 years ago? He was loved infinitely. Man, Jesus didn't have to plead with the Father to speak to him, to manifest his presence to him, to manifest grace to him, strength to him. The Father... He could, the father couldn't be kept back from ministering his love to his son. And Jesus prayed that the church would enter into a place that we would receive the reality of what caused the father to run to him, to manifest to him. Uh, glory to God that now manifests to us. That's why we're doing this series. Not that you might know more scripture verses. So you might have something to teach at Sunday school. Not that you might know this and know that. That you might enter in experientially. Daily. 24-7. To experiencing the love. Of the Father. That was manifested to the Son. Through the Spirit of God. The Spirit of life. The Spirit of life now in Christ Jesus. That's the whole reason he died. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. All right. There's so much we want to enter into. I I got to say one more thing about this though. I'm not following my notes too well this session. I'm just letting Jesus take over. Do you understand that God Almighty has a need to love you? He has a need to love you. Just like he has a need to love Jesus. You see, so often we say, Okay, God, I've really been, I'm, I'm doing really well this month. I haven't entered this familiar sin. I've won some souls to you. And we feel, man, we feel like we warrant the love of God. You will never warrant the love of God. God loves you. God will manifest the miraculous to you simply because he needs to. As a father, as a groom, as a savior, as a comforter, as your best friend. And he has a legal right to do it. Because of the blood that was shed on your behalf. See, so often we have this idea that, you know, that God's going to bless me because of what I've done for him. God's going to bless me because this or this or this. There's only one reason that you can know that when you're sick, you're going to be healed. To know that when you don't have a cent in your account that, that you're blessed financially. To know that when you feel as weak as you've ever felt in your life that you're strong. There's only one reason that you can know that you're blessed. And that's because of the unwarranted, unmerited, amazing, reckless love of the Lord Jesus Christ. <sighs> when you entered in to accepting Christ, to this amazing relationship, glory to God, you've received freely. And now, you're to give unto Him freely, right? But it's a matter of continually receiving. You've got stage four cancer. And God's saying, I got the answer. But you see, it's not that he just has the answer. He is the answer. And more specifically, the love in his heart. Can I be honest with you? The love within the heart of God heals you. The love of Jesus Christ is infinitely greater than cancer, infinitely greater than a familiar sin, infinitely greater than your past, infinitely greater than condemnation, infinitely greater than lukewarmness, infinitely greater than fear, infinitely greater than anything that would harm you. The lie that would come against you. It's the heart of God. It's the amazing love within his heart. See, so often, We emphasize the need in the context of, you know, uh, 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 the provision, again, uh, uh, victory over sin, uh, healing. And I get that. But again, God is not going to heal you. God is not going to deliver you. God is not going to prosper you just because you have a need. If that was the case, everybody would be healed, delivered, set free. God is going to heal you, deliver you. When we enter in to the reality that is on the table, that he already has. Intrinsic to his love is your healing. Intrinsic to his love is your deliverance. The knowingness that you're not condemned, but forgiven. The knowingness that you will prosper and not falter. The knowingness that your kids will be safe, The knowingness that whatever needs you have will be met now. You see, oh, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. See, in my heart as a husband... Is love for my wife. So it, 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 it just envision my heart as a husband, as a house. Inside my heart is the need to provide for her because of my love for her, is the need to be faithful to her because I love her, the need to raise our children in an awesome way, the need to put her before myself. I mean the need. I, I, I mean the sacrifice for her. The need to rejoice in her. The need, glory to God. Hallelujah. I, I, I don't do things for my wife because I, to fulfill a checklist. I, I do it because it's who I am. Jesus. I was walking around a track one time with an older man. He was, I think he was 72 years old. He's, and he's been married 50 years, but struggling with his wife. I think she's 67. She's five years younger. And we're walking around the track, and he is a, you know, he knows about faith. And we're walking around the track, and uh he, you know, I said, well, let's just confess the word. He said, Yeah, I got some arthritis. I said, Well, let's we're walking around the track. Let's just confess that you're healed and so we start thanking God for 1 Peter 2:24. I said, I just want to confess, according to Philippians 4.19, that my financial needs are met. And then he just starts to confess that I love my wife. I love my wife. I love I said what are you doing? He said I'm trying to get to the point where I love my wife. I said quit being stupid. I said your love of God the love for your wife glory to God is inside your spirit bless God. He said I don't feel like it. I said well you might not feel like you're here but you are. Jesus. In the heart of God. Every need is met. God doesn't see anything else but the answer manifesting in you. And all he wants is you to know his love to the point where you just say, yes, I receive it. See, that's where the church is missing. Man, we make it almost like you have to be a superstar to get faith to be healed. To get faith to win, be a soul winner. It's a lie. It's contrary to grace. I, 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 I trust, I just sense the Holy Ghost going out to you. Even right now. Luma Dakota. I, I sense somebody, and I I, I bet you're sitting up. I don't know if you're watching the DVD or listening to sit. And, and the Lord just saying, wholeness is loose to you. The cancer is disappearing right now. Right now. I believe it's in your lungs. The, the, the cancer is disappearing right now. And anybody else with any form of cancer. The cancer is it, it's disap- it's disappearing right now. In God in Jesus name. Because you've entered in. Through hearing the word of God. In these past minutes. And faith has come. And you're receiving like a little child. You're seeing that healing is not about you doing this, this, or that. It's about Him loving you in an amazing way. And you just saying thank you. You just saying thank you. Remember when Jesus just looked, He wanted to multiply the bread? He looked up into heaven and just said thanks. He didn't implore the Father. He didn't have to break open the heavenlies. He said thanks and the bread manifested. The glory of the gospel is that his heart, the amazing love in his heart how's it just to be? My wife doesn't have to beg me to buy her dress. She doesn't have to beg me to do anything. It's in my heart to do it. Because God put that desire there. How much more? The heart of God. All right, go with me to John 11. There's some things we're not going to be able to get to, but that's all right. Can you sense the heart of God? I just hear the Lord say... (laughs) Isaiah, the Lord saying, even to ministers of the gospel, even to his church, let the love within my heart be the core message. Not that which doesn't matter, not that which is peripheral, not that which is frivolous. Let the love within me be taught and preached so it can be seen and received. There's nothing that you need that is not within my heart. There is nothing that you need that is not already given by my spirit. It's not me. Just let it come. Go into you and be who you are. Strong. Healed. Unselfish. On fire. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. All right, John chapter 11. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it good to be led by the Spirit of God? In John chapter 11, the Lord spoke to me and said, this is one of the main chapters, one of the main scenarios That my heart is revealed in the context of my need for the wholeness of those who are my children. And, and, And I want you to know this. You are his children. You're his. You might be 90, but you're his little child. Jesus will do anything for little children. Man, when he just wanted to touch them. And the disciple says, oh, it's a waste of time, Lord. They're, They're a hindrance. They're an inconvenience. And Jesus said, what? I don't think you better say that again. Let them come. I have a need to touch them to impart my life to them. All of us are as little children. He has such a need to touch you and me. That's what life is about. John chapter 11. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and uh, wiped his feet with her tears. His brother Lazarus was sick. This is not the Mary that was a prostitute. This is a Mary who was very affluent. And what she anointed with, honestly, it was worth, you know, in today's economy, about $80,000. She, she she broke it, and that's why Judas was so mad, because he wanted, uh, oh my, the, the mountain to be taken and sold so he could rip off a portion of it. Amazingly, it was right after this incident that he said, I'm going to go, I, I'm, I'm, he was so angry at what she did. See, that's what religious people do. They get angry when people really uh, get immersed in Jesus, and that's when he made a decision to betray him. But man, they had, oh man. Mary had an awesome relationship with Jesus. So did uh, Martha and Lazarus. And it says, therefore, sisters sent word unto Jesus saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. They're saying, Lord, can you believe it? I mean, you've been teaching us about wholeness and blessing. And you'll see what he'd been teaching them in John 11 about the glory of God. John eleven I'm sorry, John eleven forty. 40. And uh, he said, Lord, he, He's dying. Here's what Jesus said. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Listen to me. Jesus could not have said anything else. Because there's nothing else in him. You see, someone says, is it God's will to be healed? I, I, I hear that over and over again. And I always say, get to the root question. Is God healing? Jesus, I mean, if you're six foot one, you're six foot one. You don't become five foot six at night and six foot seven, you know, at a certain time of the day. Either Jesus is a healer, unequivocally, just like he is a Savior, or he's not. Jesus could not say anything else. When you say, Lord, I believe you're going to heal me, his response is always yes, because it's who he is. My my goodness, when when you go to, to your child, your son or your daughter, And you say to them, uh, son or daughter, you know, they're always going to look because that's who you are to them. They're not going to say, are you really my dad? Are you really my mom? No. You got it. Jesus could say nothing else because out of the abundance of your heart speaks. And that's what's in his heart because that is his heart. Jesus cannot say anything contrary to this word. He can't say anything contrary to what he died for. He can't say anything contrary to fulfilling the prayer of John 17, 26. Woo, hallelujah, glory. Because that's his heart. Jesus. Now, Jesus, now listen to this. When they came, they said, Lord, he whom you love is sick. Not he who gave the most money, although that sowing's good or he who's been, you know, kept the law best. He said, Lord, he whom you love. Because they knew that, he, that he was only, Lazarus was only going to be healed and raised because of the love of God, not because of anything else. And it says how Jesus loved him. And Martha and Mary married him. And then he, he stayed two days more in the same place where he was, praying, and then he said, you know what? We're, we're going to go into Judea again. They, they said, Lord, they, they just tried to stone you there. In the natural, we escaped by the, you know, the, you know just barely. And Jesus said, I'm going to tell you something. I'm the light of the world, man. The devil is a being of darkness. I'm walking. Darkness does not overcome light. What he's saying is this. I don't care who's trying to kill me. I don't care who wants to stop me. I don't care what the plan is. I don't care how bad the situation is. I am the I am. We're going. And he says, I go to wake Lazarus out of sleep. They said, Lord, if he's sleeping, they do well. They didn't understand he was dead. Then he said plainly to them, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes so that I was not there. To the intent that you may believe, let us go unto him. You see, Jesus said, if I was there, he wouldn't have died. So obviously it wasn't the will of the Father because if it was the will of the Father then the Father and the Son are, they are not in oneness. They are in conflict and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit will never be in conflict. He said, man, if I was there he wouldn't have died. So much for everything happening to you to being the will of God. It doesn't say in everything give thanks for what happened. It says in everything give thanks to him because he's going to cause you to try and be delivered from anything of evil. You don't give thanks for evil. You give thanks unto God for being worthy to deliver you from the evil. He said, let's go to him. I'm going to raise him from the dead. What I want you to see is this. We talked about righteousness. It's right to destroy premature death. Someone says, have you raised the dead? Yes, I've been involved in raising the dead. Now, I know someone has raised over 300 people from the dead. I know a man in my church helped disciple me, raise different people from the dead. I just had lunch with a man from Ghana that raised three people from the dead. He's a medical doctor in Pittsburgh. I, listen to me. Jesus is the answer to every need you have. Now, now, somebody wants to be with Jesus. That's between them and God. The apostle Paul said, you know, I... You know, I a lot of people have been through a lot, and they, they, you know, and they want to be with Jesus. You're not going to call them back. That's up to between them and God. But most people, i, I got, man, Lazarus, his destiny, man, wasn't fulfilled. Jesus. So he, he comes, and Mary, here's what Mary said. Or, I'm sorry, Martha. Martha says, Lord, if you'd been here, He wouldn't have died. I think she's angry at Jesus. She's not saying if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. Honestly, if you get the context, I think she's angry. She's saying, man, why weren't you here? How come you didn't pick it up in the spirit that he was sick? Here's what Jesus says. Your brother's going to rise again. And then she got religious on him. She said, I know. I hate it when people said I know. Nine times out of ten, they don't know. He said, I know you're not to go to the cross. She's saying, oh, I know he'll rise on the resurrection on the last day. See, the the Sadducees said there's no resurrection. The Pharisee says, okay, there's a resurrection, but it's not during this time. I want to hear something. Don't you think Martha knew of all kind of people that Jesus raised from the dead? sensically, sure she did, but she's not in agreement with him. She's siding with some other theology. And here's where Jesus gets real gut level. He said, Martha, I am. I am the I am. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Lazarus will rise. Because if anybody believes on me and dies prematurely, I'm going to raise him. And man, whoever lives out their life, meaning not everybody's going to die prematurely, They're just going to go to glory. Then he says this. Believest thou this? That your brother's going to raise because I am. See, it's right to raise somebody. It's right to heal somebody. It's right to deliver somebody. It's right to cause somebody to be a soul winner. Any name intrinsic to the I am, glory to God, the I am will bring it to pass through the blood of his son by the power of the Holy Ghost. He says, do you believe it? I'm going to ask you, do you believe it? Do you believe that God loves you to the point that he will minister to you according to his name? Maybe you say, man, I I just feel beat up over and over again. I never catch a break. God will give you favor. God will give you provision. I'm not talking about just a positive message. I'm talking about the blood causing fruitfulness so much in the heart of God you say you're strong I know I am I know I am it's all about the love of believing in the love of God but before you believe in the love of God you have to know the heart of God and what's right and what's wrong I don't know why I just man I, I sense to share this man I, my wife and I counseled a young lady she had been raped over and over again and then one of the perpetrators is coming out of prison to, to hurt her notified her And someone says, what do you do? What do you do? You do what you're made to do. I man, I summoned the demon responsible for it. I never talked to any individual like this. I said, I curse you by the blood and the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. She will not be touched. And something happened that... He hadn't been staying in prison longer. And she, her grandmother called back. Then she called back. She said, I guess I don't have to be concerned with that while he's in prison. I said, you'll never have to be concerned with whether he's in prison, out of prison. Because the love of Jesus. The righteous. It's not right for you to be raped again. It's not right for you to be fear again. You know, her church, an evangelical church, told her it was the will of God to be raped when she was raped. Because it would cause her to be more empathetic to those of like plot. That is deception. That is, that is so shameful and disgusting. And she was on heroin when she met us, my wife and I. i would be on heroin too if I believe that. Listen to me. I'm going to be honest with you. you say, you're saying things that most people don't say. You've got to say the unsaid to see the unseen. But I get results that most people don't. And it sure isn't about me. It's about the gospel of righteousness. His ways are so far above our ways. He's so good. Man, And people quote that his ways are not our ways. So that's why I got in the car accident. Really? That You take that verse in this context. Man, they were passing kids under the, uh, to the God of Malek, sacrificing their kids and blood sacrifices to the devil. And God's so good, he said, it destroyed my heart. It broke my heart what you did. But because of the blood that's going to be shed on your behalf, glory to God, I still love you and forgive you. That's when the context of his ways not being your ways. Your ways say there's no way for forgiveness, and God says, I still forgive because of the power of the blood of my son that would be shed. Jesus. So Jesus comes, and she doesn't answer him. You got to say, He said, Do you believe that he's going to be raised? See, God asks, asks you the question, do you believe you're going to be healed? you believe you're going to be a soul winner? you believe you're going to walk in victory? Do you believe you can walk free of familiar sin? Well, do you walk in the fruits of the Spirit in humility and love and kindness, gentleness, faithfulness? Not being a covenant breaker. Well, you, do you believe you can? You will, by me. She didn't answer him. She calls for her sister. She falls at his feet and says, you know what, Lord? If you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died but a different spirit of Martha than Martha. Long story short, listen to me. I've got to make this quick. Listen to me. When Jesus sees uh, Mary, you know, uh, weeping and, and the people with her weeping, the Bible says in John eleven thirty three that he groaned in his spirit and became troubled. When it says he groaned in his spirit, it, it's the Greek word, it means he couldn't take. He couldn't take. The curse writing. He couldn't take the Lazarus. Oh, he couldn't take what was going on. He couldn't take the pain of the people losing him. He couldn't, and he couldn't take it. And she says, Where'd you laid him? See, Jesus is going to raise him. Not just for a sign. He's going to raise him because of the love within his heart. The ma'ahi. He cried out. And he, he groaned in his spirit. See, this is where we get so religious. We read it we don't read it. He groaned. He groaned. He couldn't take it. He can't take it when your need is not met. Because his the need is met in his heart. And it needs to be released. And he groans to be loosed. And you say, that's a little much. And I say, here's what's a little much when people die, when they shouldn't die, when they go to hell and the gospel's not preached. That's what's a little much. The groanings of Jesus equal the amazing life of God. He groans out of the need to have his name he said, I will manifest my name to you. So the love that I was loved with, you'll experience. Man, when they were to throw him off the cliff, he walked through the midst. That's why you're, you're protected. The Father protects you just like I protected him then. Jesus, 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 oh Jesus. So he says, Take away the stuff. And then he groans again. Because the people, the people around him said, How much he loved him. Couldn't he have kept him from dying? Oh, Jesus. 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 He he weeps. He groans again. Because they don't understand. Lazarus was in a spiritual battle, he lost. But now guess what? His life is going to change in a way that he'll never lose again. He says take away the stone. That's our part. Our part's to believe in him who He was sent. That's our part. Jesus is the I am. Intrinsic. To Jesus Christ is every iota of everything that's ever been created from the galaxies which are still increasing. In him all things consist. Jesus says this, take away the stone. They say, Lord, by this time he stinketh. He's been in the grave four days. Can I tell you something? I don't care if you've been in the grave 40 days. I don't care if you've been sick. I care. I, I, I bear witness with your pain. I, I'm empathetic. If you've had cancer for 10 years, if you had four stage cancer, man, if you're somebody that th- has hurt, hurt kids, if you're somebody that's been abused, if you're somebody that's struggling with heroin addiction, a man, you know that you're dying. The issue is not the years you've been addicted and you're dying due to heroin addiction. It's not even about the wrong choices you made. It's about the love and mercy within the heart of God. Man, I, I, I was just here in a church. I was praying for a guy. Cocaine addiction, I, I believe, for, let's see, he's 33 from 14, 19 years, I think. And shot up all his veins. Man, we prayed for the addiction to be broken. God caused brand new veins to come in his arms. Oh, Jesus, it's about the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus. Say this with me. Say it's all about the love of Jesus. It is all about the love of Jesus. Jesus said, "Did I not have not I been teaching you? Did I not say unto you that if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God? What's the glory of God? The glory of God is that which God consists of. The glory of God is his virtue. It's his heart. It's his love. God is love. See, intrinsic to the glory of God is his need to heal you because of his righteousness, his need to heal you because of his love, his need and ability to heal you through his power intrinsic to his glory, I'm going to say this again, is his need to heal you because of his righteousness, his need to heal you because of his love and the power of his virtue. The virtue flowed out and, all, and, and healed the woman with issue of blood, healed the multitude. He cries out, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes forth. Please listen to me. The miracle of resurrection regarding Lazarus any miracle that you need in the context of manifestation, the root miracle isn't the healing, isn't the deliverance from heroin addiction, isn't the deliverance from pornography. Isn't the deliverance from uh, selfishness and narcissism? Isn't you becoming a soul winner? The root is the heart of God. The miracle is the amazing love of God. Being yours by grace through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. You see, it's not, I think I can, I think I can. I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this. It's Lord Jesus. How amazing is your love for me? You died. So the love that you were loved with when you walked to earth 2,000 years ago, grace for grace could be given to me. That's the miracle. That is the miracle. You see, believing causes you to experience the life of God, the glory of God. Jesus said, if you believe, you will experience the glory of God. Everything his name consists of, everything his heart consists of. How do we enter in? By seeing through grace, unmerited favor. That God made a decision when we were no more deserving than the devil. we weren't deserving, and said, "I." I'm going to send my son so I can cause who I am to be in them so they can be Christians those like me through the power of the Holy Spirit there's so much going on right now in my spirit I've got numerous testimonies to share. But I I, I just Oh Jesus. Jesus. Uh, let me just share one or two. I have a uh, acquaintance Sim Childress, someone know him in a movie, The Machine Gun Preacher. Uh he has a book, Another Men's Battle. Long story short, he ministers in Africa. The kids that they have been victimized by a man named Joseph Tony and his revolutionary Army, which are not good. And uh, this guy literally cuts off the legs of kids uh, that don't join his army. their arms mutilates them, and he has a large orphanage, couple orphanages for these kids. And we were sharing he was speaking in my church and we met after church we went to a Chinese restaurant. and I said, Sam, I saw on Christian television, Channel 40 in Pittsburgh, someone took a video of this, this army that's ungodly, they, they put mines all around the orphanage so nobody could go in so the kids would starve to death. Isn't that just like the devil? No, that's not the will of God. And a good army and the Sudan were coming to help, but they couldn't be there in time. Sam's there. He gets some groceries, some food, some supplies. And they show him on the video. There's hundreds of mines. And he's wending his way through. And then days later, the the army came with the mine detectors. There's not a chance in a billion that he could make it through. And I said, man, weren't you afraid? I'm being honest. We're at lunch, you know, getting blown up. He smiled. He's a former gang member guy. And he said, nah. I said, why not? I'm not trying to be negative. I said, but certainly, yeah. He said, no, I wasn't afraid at all. I said, why not? He said, I knew God loved those kids so much that He'd do whatever He needed to do. Glory to God to get that food to them. I personally believe He's going to give them all new limbs, too. I don't know. As I started winding my way through, if He needed to pick me up and translate me, I'd be there. See, Our problem is, we try to focus on the supernatural. Well, you know, yeah, I want to be flowing into that orphanage. Yeah, I want to do what Sam did. You know what? I I, I think that stinks. I, I think we just simply need to say, you know what? I love these kids enough that I'm willing to die for them. And I believe because of that mindset, Jesus is going to reign through me and the kids will be helped. But you see, it's not about the miracles. First and foremost, it's not about the miracles. It's about God loving you enough to have the need that guarantees your miracles. When we look at the heart of God, you'll get his hand. You'll get the miracle you need. But Jesus said it this way, man, when you do all these works, don't rejoice so much in them or that the devil's subject to you. and He is. But rejoice that you've got relationship with me. As we close, I know I shared some strong stuff, but I believe it wasn't me, it was Jesus. God Almighty loves you more than... Honestly, you and I can't... He loves us infinitely. I just receive in Jesus' name. Put your hands out. If you're watching me by video, put your hands out. If you're listening by seat, just put your hands on whatever uh, you're listening to. The i loose lose to you in Jesus' name. The truth of John 17, 26. That even as God Almighty has a need to minister to the heart of Jesus when he was here 2,000 years ago. The reality of him needing to minister to you, likewise, looses you from fear and doubt and causes you to be immersed in his amazing love and then causes whew, you they love him so much that you can honestly say that you're even as his life is your life. Your life is not his life. The amazing love of God, the amazing, 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 amazing love of God. It's the root of the fruit. It's what relationships are about. Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Jesus said, I will come. Who I am will now be in him. And he who was harmed, who even died, will rise. Because his resurrection is in me. And I died so what's in me could be in him and in you to the glory of God. Surely, as we believe, we'll see the heart of God manifested, the glory manifested together.